Have you ever had someone tell you that letting mothers kill their children is the Christian thing to do? Let's talk about how we can respond. Come debrief with us. Hi, I'm Lexi, and joining me as always are Seth and Ethan, and we're debriefing pro-life outreach. Seth, give us an outreach highlight from last week. Okay, so this was Bowling Green State University. This is kind of, I thought, kind of funny. This is a shout-out to Mr. and Mrs. McCall for two of our colleagues here at Create Equal. A lot of our listeners probably know Silas and Lizbeth. Mm-hmm. This is just something funny that happened that I noticed about both of them. First, um, Silas was standing by our Jumbotron playing video of abortion victims, and this group of young women surrounded him. And they were just trying to get him riled up. Now, anyone who knows Silas, he's super hard to rile up. And they got so frustrated because they couldn't rile him up. He was very, very calm as he responded to them. That was one thing I found interesting. The second thing, though, with the McCulfers last week was that Lizbeth is, for those who don't know, clearly pregnant. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. And as I was talking to students, I was saying, look, there's a human inside her when she's pregnant. She's not carrying canine or feline. And one student said, I saw underneath there. That's a pillow she's carrying. Saw underneath there. Oh, my God. Which Lizbeth's like, why are you looking underneath there? (laughs) Definitely not a pillow. Yeah. It was kind of funny. She's 32 weeks pregnant. Yeah, Um, it's not a pillow. (laughs) That's really funny. Anyhow, that was kind of funny. Well, no, even on past uh, road trips this semester, people were saying how she was fake and or she's she's a, a... uh, a pregnant teenager because Lizbeth looks young. She doesn't look like a teenager, y'all, but she does look young. And so she they're using her. They're using her. It's very funny. Yeah. But you're no more credible when you actually have a child inside you because we do get all the time. Have you ever had a child? Well, when you do have children, they still don't listen to exactly. you. Exactly. And if you're so. listening and you want to try to rile up a critical member, don't waste your time with Silas. <laughs> That's very <He's> true. <laughs> very true. Well, we have a great clip for y'all today. And this comes from Columbus State Community College here in Columbus, Ohio, and this girl is actually talking to Ethan. Mm-hmm. So Ethan had this conversation. She was a proclaiming Christian, and Ethan, how long was y'all's conversation? Do you think? I think it was maybe fifteen minutes. Okay, so good. She stuck around, tried to talk to you. So let's just jump into the clip, and we can discuss after that. There's um, risk of death, and either case, if the child is like unable to be born, yeah. Um, I think that's when abortions should be like considered uh-huh. or allowed. But like, I mean, personally, I'm a Christian, so right. like, I don't agree with it. Yeah. And I am pro-life, but like, I feel like if I push my beliefs on other people and I tell them that they can't do what they want with their bodies uh-huh. because it is their body, the child is growing inside of them. You know, they have to deal with all of that. Right. Like, um, they're not gonna come to what I'm saying and what I believe and, uh-huh. and agree with that they're going to be they're going to be pushed away from my beliefs yeah so that's not very loving of me to do uh-huh. that's what Christianity is about is like being loving towards others right we should be loving towards others yeah. which is why I would argue as a Christian we aren't being loving towards these babies we're love we I mean, are saying that they do not deserve the same love that we would give well, to their I'm mothers I'm not saying that but I'm also uh-huh. not saying that other people deserve to take have their choices taken away from them yeah but, but you are arguing that it is a choice that you should have to kill another human being, you know? Is that very loving? Is it very loving to force our beliefs on other people? To I tell a woman that she can kill her child. To tell a woman that is at risk of death that she it's, can't kill the child? Well, we do know from medical science, you never have to have an abortion to save the life of the mother. So interesting. She kind of had a back and forth exchange. 
jumping around as to what she was saying. And a lot of the claims she was making, I was kind of confused as to what she meant. The first thing I was confused about, maybe mm-hmm. you can kind of shed some light on this, is when she, at the very beginning of the clip, said that people should be able to have abortions if they're if the child is unable to be born. I think she was talking about if they have like a genetic anomaly okay. or something wrong with them, then the woman should be able to get an abortion or the baby's going to die soon after birth. I okay. think that's what she's referring life, to. Probably. Okay. So she didn't mean it literally can't be born, but won't be born right. a lot and live. Okay. Interesting. So she makes claims such as telling somebody that they cannot have an abortion, that you should not be able to kill your child is actually unloving And that is going to push people away. She said, pushing my beliefs on other people is wrong, basically. Is it wrong, Ethan, to tell somebody they can't harm another person? No, absolutely not. Um, (laughs) That was a softball question. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are right beliefs and there are wrong beliefs. Who they're coming from doesn't determine whether they're right or wrong what it what it does to other people is what determines whether it's right or wrong and so beliefs that hurt people are wrong even if a christian was espousing a belief like that and beliefs that protect people are right Mm -hmm. whether it's a christian or an atheist who's espousing that Mm -hmm. because they're objective Mm -hmm. well and so i think what she wasn't really connecting the dots here seth is when she is saying it's wrong to push your beliefs on other people well if we allow them to kill their children we're not just pushing the belief that it's okay to murder mm-hmm. on other people, but we're also saying not just the choice to determine if they want to kill or not, but every single choice you could ever make in the entire life of a preborn person is completely taken away when abortion occurs. That's right. I think that what Ethan did so well in this was pointer to uh, expose the false neutrality, right? She sees as I am being neutral, letting everyone decide yeah. for themselves. But really all she means is everyone who is like me born, I'm allowing them this choice. She's denying the choice, the freedom to everyone who is different from her, that is those who are pre-born. So it feels loving because all we see are born people, but mm-hmm. we're excluding this category. It's like right. if you're in Rwanda during the genocide and you only love Hutu people killing Tutsis, mm-hmm. you say, I'm going to stand by and let you do that. That's not being loving, letting them take a machete and kill right. Tutsis, right? You need to be loving to both parties stop the killing and protect the innocents so i think that's what she doesn't understand like you're saying and so our culture our society has done a fantastic job at good work only looking at the mother in the in the case of abortion and nobody looking at the pre-born person she was claiming that christianity is all about loving and so that is why she's pro-life she is pro-life she's against abortion But because Christianity calls her to love, Mm -hmm. she will not say to a woman that they cannot have an abortion. Is that true Christianity, Ethan? Is that what Christianity is all about? Loving in in the case of lying? No. Telling someone that they can't harm another person, you are loving the person you're talking to. Because when that person harms someone else, there are ramifications to those actions, and it would be unloving both to the person that is being harmed and the person doing the harming to both of them to not tell them the truth that mm-hmm. what they're doing is wrong. I, what do you think about that, Seth? Oh, I, I think that there's just something deeply mistaken here, right? Yeah. Where she is saying at the end that to not 
be that, to not be in pro-choice, essentially let people decide, is to push people away. Mm-hmm. So right. I think that she has this idea that her job as a Christian is to draw people in by her kindness, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And just be so kind that they will fall into the church somehow, right? Or they'll yeah. be attracted by her beliefs. And so she thinks that we are going to push people away. I will say we do push people away, but mm-hmm. yeah. from what, right? John Van Maren in his book, I'm not sure which one it is, maybe The Culture War or another. I'm not sure where he wrote this, but he said, yes, we push people away from abortion. So they may not fall into create equal and fall into being pro-life, but we are pushing them away from the evil action yeah. of killing babies. And that is good. I would argue that just being kind, kind, kind is not going to make a pro-choice person become pro-life. Mm-hmm. And I would say we just have a false belief of, as to what kind is. You're going to look and see everybody, not everybody, a lot of, I feel like moms wear these shirts that say like, be kind yeah, and like do. all mm-hmm. these little slogans that we love to hear yeah. and say. But what does kindness actually entail? What does it look like to be kind? Is it to be nice, to mm. make people like you? Just make people uh, feel good. I don't think that people are going to come to Jesus just by going with everything they're saying and everything that they're wanting to do. Because Jesus mm. says you have to deny yourself, yeah. take up your cross, and follow me. So Jesus, you're not coming to the Jesus of the Bible, the God mm-hmm. of the Bible, if you want to live your life however you are living it as you were when you were not saved. So that's not true Christianity. No, it's not. I don't know if this is exactly answering your question, Lexi, because I'm not sure I haven't thought it all out. But I think that niceness is generally where it's something about what you want. Right? I'm nice to someone because yeah. I want something back from them. I want them to like me. I'll be nice to get what I want from them. Mm-hmm. Kindness is when you actually are giving someone what they should have, right? Yes. When you are yeah. sometimes giving them strong words, sometimes very sweet words. It just depends upon what the situation calls for. But I think a lot of us today are nice. We're not kind. We're nice because we want to be right. liked. We don't want to push people away from us want them to like us when really that's not the goal because what's the what's the root of that yes it's all about us and loving yeah people matter so much to you want them to like you yes yeah you're at the center but that's because that's exactly what goes with our flesh so even being nice isn't even being self-sacrificing no but being kind is because you're going out of the way i think there's a difference between being nice and being kind and if there's not i mean that's okay but we're just talking about two different ideas one is doing something that externally may look good to the majority of people or to whoever you're trying to please. Mm -hmm. But the other one is hurting feelings sometimes Mm -hmm. and making situations uncomfortable because you love the person, because you do care about them, because you want to act kindly towards them. And so we need to remember that Saying no to abortion, saying abortion is wrong and it's killing innocent human beings is loving towards born people, but preborn people as well. And so that's what I don't think she's really getting. I would like to ask her a few questions. One being, okay, so if we want to point others to Christ, how did Christ tell us to live? Should we point others to Christ by acting like the world? Or should we point out there's to Christ by acting like Christ did? Yeah, did he say be in the world and be of the world, right? <laughs> no, be in the world. <laughs> yes, exactly, <laughs> not Seth. Of the world. You, exactly. I think you have it a little twisted, but I yeah, so. I think, so yeah. So right, that's a good question. Though. So Ethan, what would you say to that? That's a good question. That how are, how are we supposed to point others to Christ? It's definitely not through being nice and letting people do whatever they want. We have to point to people that there is an objective standard. There is objective right or wrong. And sometimes you don't like those objective standards. You don't want to do 
what God requires of us. But it's not loving to tell people, well, you can just ignore that because it mm-hmm. makes you feel uncomfortable because we're dealing with people's eternal souls. And if something is right and somebody doesn't like it and we just tell them, well, you can just ignore that, that is extremely hateful. We're withholding truth from them and we're not willing We don't love them enough to say, listen, I love you enough to tell you something that you don't like because this is what's best for you. Yeah, that's right. And I think that I don't know about this um, young woman you spoke with, Ethan, what she would say about this. But I do think generally speaking, we just really like to be liked. And you're not going to be liked when you live that way. This is true in the church. It's also very true in the pro-life movement, right? We know a lot of people are unwilling to truly show abortion because they know that when they do that, it's not a way to get liked. (laughs) You will not get popular, but you will push people away from abortion. So if that is our goal, then do this. If your goal is to be like, you know, steer clear, drop this podcast, turn it (laughs) off, right? Uh There's not a clear path to that. But if you want to push people from abortion, keep listening and do the work. Yes. And if if you want to be liked, don't, don't even proclaim the name of Jesus because you will not be liked for that. Everybody sees uh, if you say you're a Christian, most people see you as being a bigot. Most people see you as being hateful, even though mm-hmm. it's only because the culture has completely twisted the words of hate and love and yeah. what those actually mean. And so that's that's why they see us that way. But something else that I found very interesting was she was saying that people do not deserve mm-hmm. to be told what they can and cannot do. They don't deserve that. What does the word deserve mean? I I feel like a lot of this is just like definitions of words. I think a lot of these things are catchphrases that are and slogans that people use all the time, but they Mm. don't stop to think, what do we deserve? What does deserve mean? And what does it actually look like to have somebody tell you what they can and cannot do? So I guess my question is, how do we define the word deserve and what do we deserve, Ethan? Yeah, so what you deserve is... (laughs) Well, I guess it's kind of awkward. (laughs) We deserve hell. Uh, We deserve judgment. Just very straightforward. Like, yeah, we we are not good people. We've all broken God's law, and we deserve to be punished because that's what justice demands. Sure. There is a standard that we have to measure ourselves against, and we fall short of that time and time and time again. And so, again, what does justice demand? Justice demands that we be punished, and that's what we deserve. We don't deserve to go free. And so I think she she doesn't really understand. She's saying that, what, what was she saying? That people don't deserve to be have told. Their choice is taken away. Yeah, from their choice is yeah. taken away from them. That's just simply incorrect. Even aside from God's law in just our human justice system, which is based on God's law, when people do things that are wrong and they go to you know, court for that, mm-hmm. everybody recognizes that they deserve to be punished in some fashion to make amends for what they did wrong. You know, we don't say, well, they don't deserve to get punished. No, they they broke a law, and this is the consequence of that. So I think that's important. So there's the misunderstanding of deserve. There's also, this reveals a lot about the spirit of our age, right? So mm-hmm. first we talked about how people like to be liked. I think also this idea yeah. of I deserve something. We have this idea that something is owed to us, right? Yeah. When really nothing is owed to us. So this whole idea, I deserve mm-hmm. these things in my life. It's a sense of entitlement that is very popular. Mm-hmm. And so that is another thing we're confronting. So this is not about merely how do we present the baby as human? How do we defend her personhood? But how do we respond to a culture that feels entitled? entitled to so much how do we reveal to them that truly we're very we're not entitled to anything and if anything we're not entitled to take someone else's life that's Mm -hmm. clearly unethical and immoral and so what she's doing though is she's saying 
we shouldn't take away people's choices. We shouldn't push our beliefs on other people mm-hmm. as she is pushing the belief on us mm-hmm. that it is wrong for us to stop abortions, right. basically. And so somebody is always going to be pushing a belief on another person, yeah. what pushing a belief really means and what that, but somebody's going to, we're all, all the time. Right have an agenda we all have a bias we all want something to take place either you want people to have abortions if they Mm -hmm. want an abortion either you want everybody to have an abortion or you want no abortions or somewhere in the in between you have an agenda you have a motivation and so somebody's belief is going to win it depends on whose it is yeah and i think you don't you don't hear this in the clip but later in the conversation what it really came down to is i think that she was ashamed of the Christian position. Mm. She did not want to to share that with other people because like you said, Seth, I think she just wanted to be liked and to be quote unquote nice to people and wanted to be seen as nice. She wasn't willing to actually take a stand and tell people that, you know, no, you can't do that because that's wrong and that's hurting another human being. And I think she recognized some of that at the end of the conversation. And so there is, you know, I do have hope that she went home and thought about that. She was very genuine in our conversation. But I think it did come down to that of being ashamed of Christianity. Mm. Well, how do we reach those people? Because we talk to a lot of them, especially now. I feel like we talk to a lot of people who proclaim to be Christians, but are very ashamed of their beliefs, especially on college campuses where their beliefs, uh, Christian beliefs are mocked they are ridiculed so how do we reach these people who maybe in their churches they're not being encouraged to be bold and to share their beliefs how do we reach them in just a few moments that we have for them to say hey yes your beliefs are very contrary to the culture but that's how they're supposed to be and that gives you even more reason to speak out well, I think I'd want to ask, so it's say something like, it seems to me that you don't want to take a position that is unpopular, that might lead people to not like you. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm perceiving that. Where do you get that from? Is that what you read from the Bible, what God has revealed to you as your, our purpose in life? Or is mm. that, do you think you're getting it from that from culture? Because I think anyone who takes an honest look at God's word his revealed written word to us, they're not going to find that principle, right? That we are to seek favor with the world. We read a lot in the Bible that we're going to be maligned and mistreated and and, slandered. And so when that happens, we have to live good lives that prove that is false. But nowhere do we read God saying, so be be sweet and and always um, make sure everyone likes you, Mm -hmm. right? Right. That's not what we read. So I want to just gently point to them point them to their leader, who, if they are Christian, is God. Mm -hmm. And God, who clearly makes these statements and in the person of Jesus, is very clear that he said, they hate me and they'll hate you too. Yes. So yeah. where are they taking their cue from? Yes, that's really good, Seth. I think we all can use that when we're talking to people who are Christians, but yet not, or at least they're saying they're Christians, but not bold in their beliefs and not willing to make some uncomfortable statements and ask some uncomfortable questions to people who really need that. And so if you're in a conversation with somebody who's a Christian, please do it, Seth has just said, and just ask them some questions. Why are they believing what they're believing? Who are we looking to for knowing how we should respond in certain circumstances? So please do us a favor. Please go leave us a five-star review so more people can find this podcast. If you have not yet done this, this will help us out 
so much. People need to hear the truth of what abortion is doing. People need to be equipped on how to encounter culture with the truth. So that's all we have for this week. As always, thank you so much for debriefing with us.